standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus. It is Monday, the 27th of November, and it's late. I'll be lucky to get this out by 5.30 today. Just life got in the way. An employer wants a full day out of me. Imagine that. Usually I can record these ahead of time or in the morning before I start the regular day. I just wasn't able to pull it off today. So we're going to do it late. We're going to get it done. Uh, I'm here for you guys. Uh, I'm sure you're all dying. (laughs) Uh, Figuratively speaking, not literally. It was a uh, tough long weekend, if that makes sense. A lot of things going on. Um, For those of you that don't know, uh, it is a interesting time in life to share your birthday with a holiday Uh, and having been born in the end of November about once every seven years my birthday falls on Thanksgiving Uh, now I was smart I married a lady whose birthday is mm, very close to mine so it's really hard to forget her birthday and you know I've got a niece I've got somebody else in the family that's got a anniversary all on my birthday. And then when my grandmother was still alive, she was actually the day after me. And I got to be honest, there's a whole lot of stuff going on at the end of November. And if I don't write it down, if I don't keep it in the calendar, I am lost. What does that mean? That means that even when you're off, you're not off. <laughs> kind of like the old meme, just when I think I was getting out, they pulled me back in, Right. I I get it. I do. So that being the case, I just don't have anything exciting uh, necessarily that I have to share or get off my chest today. But I wanted to take this time to kind of talk about some other things that I know are going on. Uh, I want to put out a couple of congratulations, if you will. And let's be honest. Sometimes it's just nice to talk about good things. To talk about positive things. I would generally like to do at least one show a week where I can say only good positive things. And that is a challenge to just get one or two in a week. Uh, specific items, not not even a whole show. So let me uh, take a moment to bend your ear. Okay, so I finished last week out on Wednesday. And I I talked about the idea that it was the 60th anniversary or memorial, if you prefer, of uh, John F. Kennedy being assassinated. Now, to be quite honest, I left it as we don't know what happened. I'm fairly certain that we do know, or at least that some of us know, me not being one of them, what actually happened. And I believe the Donald is on record saying it's so horrible. (laughs) Nobody really wants to know. And and that may be the case. And I've heard all sorts of speculation and all sorts of conjecture of the hows and the whys and the whos. And the you know, it's interesting. It's, it's good fodder. And this is, you know, essentially where the conspiracy theory, uh, tag, comes into play here, right? It was this issue. But as I've been told, the security state or the secret state started long before this. 
I mean, some would blame Truman. Some would say Eisenhower. And it all predates Kennedy. I would say that there's always been some level of secrecy or even if not full on secrecy, just keeping things in the shadows since the creation of time. I mean, that's how man operates, right? Doesn't want to be seen. They want to surprise people. They want to be able to deceive people and pull things off without people knowing. It's very rare to run across somebody that's willing to tell you straight to your face what they want, what they're planning on doing. I mean, even myself, I have to struggle about tipping too much in a conversation, uh, you know, giving them too much advanced warning, if you will. I find that somewhat humorous that people caution me on that, but it's always been my nature. I don't want to say something about somebody behind their back that I wouldn't be willing to say to them. Now, I generally like to avoid being the jerk. I, I generally or generally like to not pick a fight for the sake of picking a fight. But if you bring something or you start something, I'm not going to run away. So what does this mean? (laughs) So as I'm going through the weekend and I'm, you know, enjoying the multiple days off and I took a, a mental break to be quite honest, just a timeout, no show, no prep. I don't even think I, well, I did, I did, I started reading a novel and I'm partway through another book that I'm reading for my own education. And uh, even though I had to kind of just scale back the expectations, I, I initially wanted to at least finish one of them over the weekend. It was just like, you know what? I need some downtime. Everybody needs some downtime. And he, even somebody like me that considers themselves a bit of a hard charger just needs to take a break. So as I reflect upon the time and what's the nature of the memorial, right? 60 years have gone by. And I think to myself, have things gotten better or worse? I mean, in many ways, it should be self-evident. And do we have more secrecy or less secrecy? Do we need more sunshine or do we have the right amount of sunshine? Do we have people that actually advocate for us or not? Do do we have true patriots? I saw a meme over the weekend or perhaps it was today. I don't even remember anymore. But basically it was tagged the great reset only replacing our leaders with patriots which is um, not fun or (laughs) I guess not lost on me. And the funny thing is that was kind of the subtitle of Robert West's book, right? We're going to replace politicians with patriots. And everybody believes that putting patriots in place is going to solve our situation. It's going to improve our station, if you will. And I got to be honest, I would like to believe that. I, I'm inclined to think that it would be better than the current situation we're in. I, I have hope and faith that that would give us a net positive outcome. But honestly, we have nothing but sunshine patriots most of the time. I mean, it's, it's really easy to call people names. I mean, look, I, I'm not going to say I'm above that. I, I do occasionally like to poke fun at people and 
you know, use names. Ridicule is a powerful form of argument. It's, it's similar dismissing somebody as not being serious. Now, the problem is most of the people that I have names for, I can't dismiss because they are a serious. I don't even necessarily want to call them a threat, but just a, a serious impediment. Now, we've talked about this concept, right? And, and this is going to tie back into the secrecy thing, if you will. But bear with me for a minute. Again, operating without a net here, ladies and gentlemen, just kind of riffing off of some things rattling around in my head. The The idea that we're going to get absolute agreement or, or near perfect agreement or alignment with everybody's views is an impossible thing. And I'm going to beat the old gong here that, you know, 70% is kind of positive. 80% is great. And man, if you get north of 80% agreement or general agreement, ah, unless there's some kind of, you know, kryptonite in that mix, right? There, there's a uh, poison pill, if you will, just roll with it. So I look at what's gone on here in the last, I don't know, several months. We've got a state legislature that has been doing their own thing, particularly the house, but I'm not giving a free pass to the Senate here. They're doing their own thing and they're doing it in secret. They're, they're playing a game behind our back. Now, whether you're pro school choice, anti-school choice, or somewhere in between, I, it, it applies equally across the board. They're playing games. Now, the governor, for his own reasons, has decided to invest his time and his political capital in getting us some form of school choice. But you wouldn't know that, and, and they keep killing it. And I got to ask myself, why? Who benefits? I mean, really and truly, if you're a Republican and you're an elected official, do you really expect the teachers union to ever support you? Do you think you're ever going to get a majority of the unionized teachers to support you? I mean, the answer should be blatantly obvious. No, it's never going to happen. So why would you be working to support or build their war chest? I mean, when you give them extra money, a certain percentage of that goes to their PACs, their organizations, and they work against you all the time. So it seems to me to be counterproductive. Now, again, I hate to say this, but Every time I talk about this, I am not attacking the teachers. I know lots of good teachers. My daughter is a teacher. I I respect good quality teachers. I think they do a valuable thing. I think that we undervalue teaching as a profession, but we overvalue teachers with the scare quotes. What do I mean? There are a lot of bad teachers. There's a lot of subpar teachers. And honestly, it's hard to get rid of them when you have teachers associations writing the laws, it's hard to deal with the bad ones when you can't even get enough good ones and then throw in the fact that you cause them to burn out. I mean, there are lots of teachers that start off great or are good and they get burned out or they get beat down and then they become bad teachers. Now, some of them have enough sense to get out of the business before they're completely ruined. So some of them can retool and do something different or recreate where they teach or what they teach. Again, all these things are necessary 
changes for their own survival. So it's really hard to be upset or fault a teacher that's stuck in that position. But when we look at why did this happen, how did we get here? It's the very same thing. There's all these requirements, all this extra paperwork and administrative garbage that doesn't actually do anything to teach the child. And most of this stuff, once again, is brought up in secret. It's done in the back room. So we don't actually know what's happening and we don't understand what's playing out. And then they protect the people that are making these decisions. And worse yet, the people that are supposed to be there representing us, whether it's in the state legislature or for in this instance, the state board of education, they play games so that we lose. We, the people keep losing because our people that we elect don't actually represent us. What kind of secret backroom deal has been done here so that they get to run around and pretend they're representing us and then they sell us out at the quickest turn? Again, they're sunshine patriots, right? They're, they're all for us when they're on the campaign trail, but then when they actually come to doing the job, when they face a little heat, they buckle under, they run away, they fold. And I wonder how we don't figure this out. I wonder why we keep sending the same people back. I wonder what the issue is. Now, to be sure, both sides of the aisle would like to blame the money. And the money becomes, in their mind, an excuse. The insurmountable mountain that they must overcome in order to win. Well, that's true. There is something to be said about that. But I also believe that if we would just be honest, if we would be open, if we would put the sunlight on all these things, some of this might self-correct. I'm not entirely certain that the people that run around as sunshine patriots are actually at all comfortable with the things that they've allowed to happen or the things that happen on their watch that they don't prevent or the things that they slide in the back. I mean, I'm certain there's a little quid pro quo going on there. I don't know who and the what and the wherefore, so I'm not going to make a direct accusation, uh, but it is my opinion that something's going on there that's untoward. Don't know what it is. Don't know why it is, because again, we don't know who's benefiting, but I suppose if we were to follow the money, we'd get some answers. Now, the folks over at CDF, that seems to be one of the things they're big on, right? My buddy Chad is aware of some of these things and, you know, he's throwing his hat in the rain for the uh, State Board of Education. He wants to know what's going on, how it's going on, and what can be done about it. But again, that's just one guy. And if we keep just throwing one guy into the mix, they're going to chew him up and spit him out. I mean, once upon a time, we had a couple of really good guys that we were sending down to Austin to represent us. One of them got chewed up and spit out. I mean, he retired, but I mean, that's basically what happened. The other guy more or less knuckled under and gave them the majority of what they wanted so he could keep peace, but he still does a decent job for us, right? So, I mean, it's it's hard to hate the guy, and then the other guy went all in. Hey, these guys are in charge. I want the power. I want to move up. What do I got to do? <laughs> Whose hand do I have to shake or kiss, right? I, I get it. The temptation's always there. But we don't know what's going on. We don't get to see it. It's behind closed doors. Now, just think about what goes on in Austin and magnify that by about 100,000. And that's what you're dealing with in D.C. Think about all these backdoor, black bag, silent 
black, you know, black hole projects that go on. Whether it's the surveillance state, whether it's the American Stasi, whether it's just throttling shows like mine or deleting them or not letting people see them. I can't think of what the right term is here. It shouldn't matter. You know, if you're going to discredit somebody, you discredit them. Fine. But if they're speaking the truth, if they're at least pointing people in the right direction, if they're open and honest, what's the threat? What's the fear? I I don't think there's anything that's that entirely special about what I do and why I'm doing it. I just, I try and ask questions. I try and look at things objectively and figure out what might be the game here. And I try and be fair. I don't have to like everything that goes on, but I also have to realize that even when we have a quote unquote Republican majority, not all those Republicans that are on board, they don't always agree with us. And if I can get a 10% win or a 15% win this go round, I'll take it as long as we keep winning. The problem is they seem to keep trading off. They give us these little wins in the here and the now, but they're selling out our future. And it's not just Austin, it's DC all the time. So as we're ramping up here towards the beginning of December and the big meeting coming up with the state Republican executive committee, they're going to be meeting. And one of the things on the docket is whether or not they're going to give us a vote. And here's the thing that seems to get lost on everybody. This is a nine, uh, or I'm sorry, a non-binding referendum, if you will, or a poll, if you prefer. Just because it gets voted one way or the other means nothing other than it tells the state reps, hey, uh, 55% or 70% of the actual people that showed up to vote in the Republican primary would really like us to do these things. And these are actual voters. I mean, it's really easy to dismiss the seven to 8,000 people that go and vote at the uh, state convention, right? We have a lot of our state reps that don't even think it's worthy of their time to go there, right? The, these are just the rank and file rabble rousers. We don't really care about what they think or what they say. We're just going to focus on spending all of our money in our district so we can win our reelection, so we can go and do what we want and serve our masters, which would be not we the people, clearly somebody else. Don't know who it is, but clearly it's somebody else. So if we look into this and what's going on in the background, your opportunity to be heard, your your opportunity to put a little sunlight, just, just a little bit of sunlight on one specific issue is coming up this weekend. Yeah, the state Republican Executive Committee, they're going to meet and they're, one of the things they're going to talk about is, well, hey, you know, there's a lot of people been making noise about Texas being independent once again. They would like a vote. Should we let them vote on this issue? Now, look, I know plenty of people that are actually not supportive of Texas. I get it. I respect it. Some of them are my friends. <laughs> actually, a number of my friends don't think this is the best way. Or they say not yet. Or we're not ready. Or whatever the situation is. And respectfully, I disagree but I respect them enough to not beat them up and not hate them for it. But pretty much every one of them believes, or at least say they believe that the people should have a right to vote. The people should have a right to be heard. 
So the question is, is that going to transpire to the 62 individuals that represent us at the state Republican executive committee? I don't know. Now, I know there are Democrats out there. I'm going to guess they're throwbacks or maybe Roosevelt Democrats or Kennedy Democrats. They're, they're Southern Democrats. They, they haven't woken up to the woke mob that runs their party, but they're still self-identifying as Democrats. And, you know, there are occasionally some quote unquote conservative Democrats. So I don't want to throw hate or shade on an entirety of a party. Their leadership's got some serious problems, but well, if we're going to pick on leadership, then you could say the same thing about my party, right? My party that sells us out every time we turn around, especially when you got a guy like Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney actually said he would support Biden. I mean, even right now, what kind of guy does that? Or, or I'm sorry, maybe it wasn't Biden. Maybe it was just a generic Democrat because he's so afraid of Trump. Really? Is that what it's come down to? The entire party is going to grade itself on whether or not Trump's the right guy. I mean, I've never hit it from anybody. He was not my first choice, but guess what? He won and he probably won the reelection in 2020, but we just pretend he didn't because, well, you know, there's no problem here. There's nothing to see. These are not the votes you're looking for. (laughs) Again, talk about secrecy, talk about things going on in the back. Still wondering why that wall was around downtown or downtown DC for so long. And whether or not they're going to cover up the voting areas with pizza boxes again. Hey, but that's okay. You've got a month of freaking vote now. Don't miss your chance to go vote early and vote often like they do in Chicago. And they just wonder how they end up with blue cities all the time. I wonder how that happens. But the sad irony is all these things that are going on in secret. There's very little we're going to be able to do about it, especially considering the things that they actually do in our sight, in front of us all. We do very little about it. We do very little to stop it, correct it, or even prevent it. And these are the things they do right in front of our faces. So how would we think that we can fix the things that go on in the dark, the things that are the backroom deals? Now, I got to be honest. If we're going to deal with backroom stuff, I kind of want to have one of our people in the backroom or several of our people in the backroom. Certainly want our team to be there. However you want to define that. Don't know, don't care, right? Just if it's going to happen, if we accept the reality of the world the way it is today, all this stuff gets done behind closed doors and we don't actually get to see it. We need to have our own people there. We need to show up whether we're invited or not and be heard. And the question is, how do we make this happen? What's the best way to fix things with the least amount of pain and sorrow, right? Again, some would say sunlight. I mean, just taking things out of the secrecy in the hidden world, that would solve a lot of problems. Agreed. But how, why? I mean, we can barely get people to wrap their heads around the things that they're doing in front of us. Do you really feel all that confident that we're going to be able to make this happen? I, for one, have my doubts, but I'm open to hearing it. How do we get there? These are all good questions. And I wish to God I had the right answers for you. I really do. But it's a Monday. And today I'm just talking about 
the things that are on my mind, the things that are making me restless, all the things that are going on that are beyond our control that continually work against us, the vast manipulation of the world around us. And we're led to believe we're helpless and there's nothing that we can do about it. And and quite frankly, we're left to feel like it's pointless. I don't feel that way. But I got to admit, there is a certain amount of distrust, disapproval. It'd be fine. It'd be fun to be able to disassociate from DC, right? To just kick them to the curb and go do our own thing. But the problem is we have a similar issue right here in Austin. I mean, it's really convenient to blame Austin for everything. I mean, that is the old trope at the city and even somewhat at the county level. Well, we're just going to blame Austin, you know, passing the buck. And then Austin blames DC, but we got to be able to hold somebody accountable. We got to be able to find somebody to fix some of these issues. And I got to be honest, because of the way some of the cities do things, the state got involved. Now, maybe the state didn't need to be involved, but if it's not going to be handled properly at the local level, of course, the state's going to stick their nose in it. And it, it rests upon the city to convince the state to get out. Hey, we got this. We're smart. We know what's going on here. We have a good team. We're going to do this right. We're going to treat our people fair. I would like to believe that's possible. I would like to believe that's, that's the end game. That's, that's the positive outcome. And it's possible. And you know how I know it's possible? Because I was downtown this weekend. Downtown McKinney, spent a little time at the home for the holidays, you know, a McKinney Christmas. I've got my own complaints, concerns, whatever you want to call it about some of the marketing, whatever else, but I got to be honest And, and to be fair, I don't know how much credit should really and truly go to the city council or the mayor, but the good things that happen in the city are equally his responsibility to the bad things. So if I want to beat up on the city council and the mayor for what they want to do with the airport, I got to give kudos when they do the right thing or when they do good things. And honestly, home for the holidays, right? On the, you know, the McKinney Christmas on the square, it was very nice, very well put together, nice sponsors, nice layout. I mean, maybe it wasn't the same as what it once was, Maybe it could have been better. Maybe, you know, they could have done X, Y, or Z. Who knows? Who cares? It was nice. It looked good. Um, There's nothing to be disappointed. They do a nice thing down there. We should be proud of that. We should be trumpeting that. I don't care who is in office when it happens. I just care that it goes down and it goes on without a hitch and it looks good and sounds good. And we're blessed to live in a city that continues to do these kinds of things. The question is, If we, if we get our way, right, and our people get in positions of authority and our, our positions get in or our people in positions of authority start to exert influence, are they going to go along with this? Are they going to cut this out? Are they going to see it as a positive thing that it, I believe it is? I don't know. These are fair questions, though, right? The people that are going to turn around and they're going to run for elected office, we need to be willing to ask them these things. These are tangible things that are seen that are in front of us. Yeah, there's probably backdoor deals and there's the side things that we don't know about and the stuff in the shade or in the dark, okay? Just like everything else that happens, we have to accept the world that we live in. So 
we got about two minutes left here, folks. So let me bring it down, boil it down. I've kind of been all over the map here because, again, just different things that are rattling around in my brain and kind of been weighing on me. We have to be fair and we have to be objective. We have to be honest. We have to demand sunlight on all these things. You can't fix secrecy overnight. You cannot correct a generation or three of things being done without our knowledge and without our approval. But what we can do is set a good example. What we can do is demand the right thing. What we can do is continue to work together to have a a net positive outcome. We need to be willing to set aside even legitimate complaints or legitimate disagreements to work at the greater good. And that's a challenge for both sides of the aisle. But I got to be honest, notwithstanding whatever I feel about some of the leadership in the city, they did a nice job. And I have to be willing to say that. Likewise, when they do something wrong, I already tell them that I think they're wrong and I'll call them out on it. And whether the issue is in D.C. or whether the issue is in Austin or whether it's even in our own city. If we're not going to be involved, if we're not going to go there, if we're not going to put light of truth on it, we can't complain about it. We can't, Well, we can't complain about it, but that's all we're doing. We're complaining. We can't fix it. We can't improve it if we're not going to do the work. We got to do the work. We got to show up. There's another meme the, uh, the future belongs to those who show up. The idea of having, you know, based people having a bunch of kids, right? If you have children, if you ha- have a posterity, they're going to be there for the future. I mean, that is a good way to look at things. And with that, <laughs> been kind of a mess today. I'm sorry. Just trying to get, try and get back in the groove, right? I'll be back with a Texit Tuesday tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Until then, I will see you on the other side.